We have a chicken in our house, a rooster. We have two roosters. We have, we have a chicken coop, and we have two roosters in our place. And if you know anything about chickens and roosters, the roosters want to do something to the chickens called fertilize the eggs. And, and the two roosters are always vying for who's the head rooster. And, and the two roosters, it's, it's interesting, the two roosters, one of them is small. A small little black guy. Just a black, I don't know what breed it is. And then we have a small, a larger one that's just a gorgeous, colorful one that's actually, he intimidates me. I mean, I walk in there and I don't turn my back to that one. I turn my back to the black one because he's just small and I can do a swift kick if I have to and it's, it's going to be taken care of and we've got dinner. But, uh, but the other one, I kind of walk in there and I, I keep my eye on him. But the funny thing is, the little one rules the bigger one. And I watched them one time, and they, they do this regularly. They come out of their coop. I open up the door, and they run into the yard where they're their fenced yard. And the little black guy, all he does is chase the colored rooster around. And he doesn't stop until that rooster submits. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. And I'm not preparing my Thanksgiving meal. But... The little guy does not stop. The bigger one, I personally think, looks much bigger and stronger, but he yields to the little one because the little guy is so tenacious, he will never stop. And all he does is he just keeps chasing, keeps chasing, keeps chasing, keeps chasing, keeps chasing until the colored rooster stays away from him and doesn't come out of the, the hen house for a few minutes. And they've actually done studies on this, and it's called the winning effect. And they've actually done studies on animals, and they've found that it's not always the biggest animal that wins the fight, but it's the one that never gives up. And it's called the winning effect. Last night, our beloved Canucks, they won their first game against Edmonton. And everybody, including myself, was figuring it was going to be a, a blowout and, and, and Connor McDavid was just going to go crazy. But they won their first game. And you know what happens when you start winning? You start to feel confident. You start to get strength. And, and they've actually done this psychologically and they've checked and they've watched the psychological effect of winning and what it does was, is with a team that may be inferior in talent or inferior in ability but has something upon them or within them and it causes them to win. It's called the winning effect. The East Coast, the Great Lakes, they have this thing called the lake effect. And in the wintertime, the warm air rides over the lake and it causes the cold air above it, causes the, the warm air to travel and it sucks up moisture. And I'm not a scientist, but I have heard about the whole precipitation and, you know, that whole cycle. And, and it, what it does is it causes the warm air, causes water and moisture to rise up into the cold air and the wind drives it and it lands over land, and all of a sudden, there's a change in that condition, and it's called the lake effect, and they get huge amounts of snow. There are things that happen in your life that will affect your life. And this morning, we're celebrating Thanksgiving, and I want to talk about the gratitude effect. There's one thing you can do that can affect five, six, seven areas of your life by just doing one thing. 
And as we go through this this morning, what amazes me about this is this is biblical. And what's funny is we will read the Bible and I will counsel people and I'm not a registered counselor, but I am a biblical man of God, and I will, as a pastor, exercise my biblical authority, and I will give you biblical counsel. And what amazes me is we as a people, and I'm speaking generally, will take the Word of God and put it down here, but then we'll take what psychologists say and put it up here. And we will put more weight in what Oprah says than in what David says. And we'll put more weight into what the latest trend is, what's trending in society. And we'll put more weight in that than what the Word of God says. And as I was studying this morning, and I was purposely looking at the object and the thanksgiving and the passages of Scripture about thanksgiving, what amazes me is as I was studying that, I also studied some psychological aspects of thanksgiving and gratitude. And what I found was psychologists recognize that when you have an attitude of gratitude, it actually affects your life. So I'm thinking, Lord, do I tell them everybody the spiritual side or do I give them the practical side? So I'm going to give you both sides. And this morning I want to look at Thanksgiving. I've titled my sermon, The Gratitude, of a, Gratitude Effect or Thanks Living. And first thing I want you to realize is thanks living, Thanksgiving is not one day on your calendar. And sometimes, I, I enjoy these holidays. I enjoy celebrating Christmas. I enjoy celebrating Easter. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we put that in its box and say, no, that's not till October. And in October, Pastor Daniel's going to wear his orange stuff. And then we're going to celebrate. And, and this is going to happen. And, and at Christmas time, we're going to have all these decorations and lights are going to be, and we're going to celebrate at that moment. I'm here to tell you, as believers, we need to learn how to do this every single day of the year. And what's interesting about this is the psycholog psychologists agree. They would actually tell you, don't just do this once, but make this a habit or make this a lifestyle. So what I want to do this morning is I want to talk about the gratitude effect. And I just got two passages of, passages of Scripture for you this morning, and then I want to share on those. So if you could turn with me in your Bibles to Philippians 4. I want to read from Philippians 4, and I want to read from Psalms 100. If you turn into Philippians 4, the book of Philippians is an amazing book. It's, Paul wrote it while he was in prison, and its main theme is to rejoice. He wrote while he was in prison telling everybody else, rejoice. Thanksgiving. Let me, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and it, you might think I'm just throwing these out there, but I, are, are you thankful even when you're in prison? Are you able to rejoice and have an attitude of gratitude even when other people are dictating to you what to do? When other people are controlling your situations? When other people are infringing on your rights? And Paul wrote this passage in this book. He wrote it while he was in prison, and it's about rejoicing. I find it interesting. It's kind of funny because... There's, I was going to read from verses 4 on, but I, I, just as a, the scriptures are funny. And there's two people mentioned in verse 2 that I don't know if they're mentioned any other time, but the reason why they're mentioned in verse 2, it's like, man, I don't know if I'd want my name in the Bible if that's the only reason why I'm in the Bible. 
So he starts, he goes, I urge Yudia and I urge Sintiq to live in harmony in the Lord. Can you imagine getting a letter from Paul and your name's in there and he says, I urge David and I urge Fred to get along? I mean, that's just, that's my quirky sense of humor. I kind of just laughed and I thought, man, the only reason, you know, we're going to get to heaven and we're going to go, where's Yudia and, and Cynthia? Are they in the same area in heaven or are they kind of like, they got up there and they said, I'm going to go on one side, you go on the other. Anyways, enough of my musings. Let's start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Now I want you to see this. Be anxious for nothing. How many things are you supposed to be anxious for? Nah. Can I be anxious for something? Like what I'm going to wear tomorrow? Can I be anxious for like how I'm going to take care of this? How can I? He, he, sometimes the scripture is so. Be anxious for nothing. And he goes from nothing, he says, but in everything. So be anxious for nothing. But in everything. Who here knows what the word everything means? Everything. I mean, we're learning Greek. Everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I love this part because Paul is writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it might be a new paragraph, but it's his letter to them that God has inspired him to write. And is getting near the end of his, his letter and he goes, Finally, brethren, and this is where I want you to see some things about how you develop an attitude of gratitude or how you develop the gratitude effect in your life. And I'm going to submit to you that if you learn the gratitude effect in your life, things in your life will be affected. Don't come to me complaining to me that things aren't working out when you're not doing anything about them. I heard once somebody complain that they had tithed two weeks ago and God didn't do anything. And I thought, you tithed once. Now sometimes God will give you a seed and a reply quickly and sometimes he wants you to keep doing it. And personally, I believe in doing it always. Well, you know, I tried exercise last week. It didn't work. Like I got on my, I, I tried exercise one time. My boys, they were still living at home, so this was maybe five years ago. And Josh and Justin said, hey, Dad, you want to go for a run? Uh, my mind thinks I'm 20 years old. My body tells me different. So they said, Dad, you want to go for a run? So I said, sure. Actually, I said, no. And then I started to think about it. I said, I got two sons who still want to be around their dad. So I didn't realize that they could beat me, but I just figured they wanted to be around me. So then I said, you know what, guys, give me a moment. Let me get dressed, because when you run, you have to wear the proper clothing. So I got dressed, and we live on acreage, and we have about 100 yards to get from the house to the driveway. And by the time I got from the house to the driveway, they were already 200 yards down the road. And I got about 250 yards down the road, and I couldn't run anymore. And I was heaving and huff, cough. And this was about five, six years ago. After that, I decided, no, I'm going to exercise. It didn't happen just once. 
I had to exercise two days, three days, four days. I had to exercise weeks, months. But it got to the point where I invited them on a bike ride, and I beat them. <laughs> exercise has an effect. Gratitude has an effect. And what's amazing is I see it in the Scripture, and I'm going to read these Scriptures to you, and then I want you to also that it's in society. And what's amazing is I love when society confirms what the Word of God says. The Bible doesn't confirm what science says. Science confirms what's already been written. And Paul here, he's, he's saying, finally, brethren, and here, you want to see how do you develop an attitude or gratitude effect? You're going to want to see this. Finally, my brethren... Whatever is true, that's one. Whatever is honorable, two. Whatever is right, three. Whatever is pure, four. Whatever is lovely, like my wife, five. That was a good one, honey. Whatever is of good repute, six. If there's any excellence, seven. And anything worthy of praise, eight. Dwell on these things. You will go where your mind takes you. You will go where your mind takes you. And I see people watching reality TV, watching shows, soap operas, watching this, living that kind of life, and they're wanting a better effect. And I'm here to tell you, the gratitude effect has an aspect in your life that will produce something. Don't think about what's false. Think about what's true. These are decisions I make. I have to assess things in my life in a thanksgiving mindset at this time of the year. And Pastor Daniel in worship this morning was saying, he was worshiping and he was expressing, God, what have you done? What has God, can you express to me what God has done for you? I would suggest to you that if you can't, double-check it. I heard one pastor say, if you don't understand why Jesus saved you, you'll have a hard time explaining Jesus to somebody else. Whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, if there's any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And then Paul says, and I love this, these things you have learned and received, have heard and seen in me. And then his instruction to them is practice these things. This morning, I want to share with you, and I want to encourage you to have the gratitude effect. Live a life of thanks, living to your God, and you will actually see things change. Gratitude effect, whatever is true. <laughs> I'm sure you've met people like this, but you talk to them, and all they can come up with is the negative. Like, the service, too long. Well, did you worship? No, my feet got sore. I sat down. This morning, there was a powerful presence of God here. And I'm going to chase this little rabbit trail for a second. When the power of God is moving, here's a hint. That's the moment to dive in. Not tomorrow, the moment when God's moving. There's a pool in the Bible, and I don't understand, amazing pool in the Bible, and it says God would stir the waters and people, the first person in, would get healed. Right. 
And to me, that speaks of when God's doing something, get in there and jump in. And you say, well, what about, I don't care what other people think. If God tells me to lay flat on my face and to worship him, I'll do that. I ask him not to make me dance because I dance ugly. But if he tells me to dance, I'll dance. Quit laughing, Pastor Daniel. (laughs) But there's things that we do that will cause an effect. And what I find amazing is Paul says to them after explaining all these things, he says these things, he tells them, you've learned this. You've learned this. In another passage, he says, what are you doing? That's not how you've learned Christ. He says, you've learned this, you've received it, you've heard it, and you've seen it. Practice. And in the King James, I think it says, do. Do. I find it amazing that quite often the biblical remedy to a situation is one step. Now, I know there's sometimes there's six, seven, eight steps. I understand that. But here when I read this, there's one step. Do. I find it amazing. There's one answer. His name's Jesus. Don't complicate. Come to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. The gratitude effect. These things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me. This, this caused me to think. Am I an example? I'm speaking to people here that are adults and children. I'm, are you an example? Don't raise your hand and don't answer that right now. Especially if you say, ouch. Can you turn in your Bibles? I want to read another passage and then I, I, I want to wrap this up. I, I, you're going to have Thanksgiving. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to teach Pastor Daniel when to say amen. That orange stuff is getting to him. I mean, last week it was an orange shirt, long sleeve. This week it's a t-shirt. Next week... He might come as a pumpkin. I don't know. But it's a surprise. I appreciate you, Pastor Daniel. You are a mighty man of God. I appreciate you. And I thank God that I can make fun of you. Because you're younger than me. My other brother, uh, who's here, My brother Stephen John, I don't make fun of because he's bigger than me and he's older than me. So I'm very careful what I say. But I love you too, Stephen John. Psalm 100. If you could turn there. I I want us to grasp the gratitude effect. Because I believe one thing that you do can change many things in your life. I believe learning how to have an attitude of gratitude, I believe, can change five, six, seven things in your life. And I'll show that to you scientifically as well. But Psalm 100, it says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. I I want you to see who is the object of our affection, our praise, our actions, our thoughts when I read this. Shout joyfully, can you say the next three words? To the Lord, Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. <laughs> Have you ever seen sheep in a pasture? He's very complimentary here. Enter his gates. When you come here Sunday morning, 
You're not entering Solid Rock Church. You're entering His gates. We're not here as a social club. We're here as people who are hungry for God. I'm not interested in doing an hour and a half, two-hour service, sending you on your way, making you feel good and have great notes just to have a tough week. I'm here for you to come and let's go. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's get greedy for everything God has for us. Let's have an attitude of, I'm here now, and I'm going to worship. Let's have an attitude of, of I'm here, I'm, and I'm going to lift my hand. Why do we lift our hands? We lift our hands. I'll, I'll explain this one to you in a few minutes, but we lift our hands for many, other, many reasons. One of them is an act of surrender, but one of them is actually part of the word thanksgiving means to thrust with your hands. If you look in the Hebrew and you study the Hebrew, you find out that thanksgiving actually means it's an action to give with your hands, to throw or to aim. So when I enter his gates, when I come into this building, I'm not coming here carrying all my baggage from last week. Although I may have had a rough week, I'm here and I enter his gates with thanksgiving. I don't enter it with griping. I don't enter it with complaining. I don't enter it with, woe is me. I don't enter it with all about me. I enter his gates with thanksgiving. And we have an amazing time of worship. Can you imagine every seat around you full? We had amazing worship this morning. Can you imagine 168 people in here worshiping God unabandoned? Like, let's blow the roof off. Can you imagine coming? I, I'm going to say something to you. When I was a kid, we got ready Sunday for Sunday morning, Saturday night. It's one of my pet peeves. We would... We were not allowed to watch Hockey Night in Canada till we had our bath ready for church the next morning. And we had our bath, and my parents made us polish our Sunday shoes Saturday night. How many of us, and don't raise your hand here, Saturday evening are already planning for Sunday? That's one of my... How can we... Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Next Sunday, I might have a little sign at the door. What is your Thanksgiving? Didn't get any amens. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And whose courts? His courts. He is the object of our worship. He is why we get together. It's not to hear a pastor speak. It's not to hear the latest music. It's not to even see somebody else. I am here, and I will be here by myself if it is to worship him. Now, I love it when I see other people with me. But I am here to give him glory, to give him praise, to give him thanksgiving. I am here to worship him. Give thanks to, give thanks to, and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Who's the object of that passage of scripture? I would submit to you this morning if you want to change the gratitude effect in your life, the first thing you do is you switch who's the object of your life. The aspect of gratitude is actually, when you look at the definition, it takes it off of me and it puts the focus elsewhere. 
And what they've found when they study this and they look at people who have an attitude of gratitude, they have actually found that those people are not, it's incompatible to be grumpy and to have an attitude of gratitude at the same time. It's incompatible to be frustrated, complaining, and whining and be uplifting at the same time. This isn't something I came up with. I found it on the internet. <laughs> Who's the object of your life? Why do you do what you do? Gratitude effect. I want to give you some scientifically thoughts here, and I'm not being silly when I say this. This is, people have researched this, scientists, psychologists, and people, and, and so I say that, I got it off the internet, and I'm out saying funny, but that's today's library. I didn't get it from Wikipedia. I got it from elsewhere. But I want to give you seven things that people have found out about those who display gratitude compared to those who don't. I've shown you in the Bible passage of how to get that going in your life. Now I want to show you some of the benefits of gratitude, thanksgiving. One of them is it opens the door to better and more relationships. They have said, literally, if you open the door for somebody and smile, the person who receives that is more apt to develop a relationship with you than they are with somebody else. A simple smile and a door. Guys, if you want to find a young lady, open the door and smile at her. Good place to start. Some of the young women over there are thinking, oh, yes. Acknowledging other people's contributions can lead to new opportunities. They have found gratitude opens the door to more relationships. Gratitude improves physical health. Physical health. My health is connected to my attitude. Doesn't mean I don't have to exercise. No exercise. But change your attitude. Yeah, towards exercising. <laughs> An attitude of gratitude actually affects your physical life. The Bible talks about the Word of God being health to your bones. It says in the Bible, laughter is the best medicine, good medicine. An attitude of gratitude, they have found this, they have researched this, and they have found this, the overwhelming evidence says that somebody with an attitude of gratitude will be in better health than somebody without. Now, yes, sometimes that person with an attitude of gratitude still has physical things, but that, what they have found, if they looked at a thousand people, they found more of them that were in good health had the attitude of gratitude with them than those that were grumpy, whining, and complaining. And you know what happens when you grind, whine, complain, and grump? You keep your focus on that. You keep your focus on that. And I have found, through personal experience, that all that does is make it worse. And I still focus on it. And it makes it worse, and I'm trying to break the cycle, and all I do is just keep heaping it on and heaping it on and heaping it on. And what I've found is an attitude of gratitude can change that, and all of a sudden, I'm taking the focus off of me. They have found gratitude improves physical health. They say that Grateful people are more likely to take care of their health. They exercise more often and are more likely to attend regular checkups, which will contribute, likely, to further longevity. Here's another one. 
Gratitude improves psychological health. That's a big word, psychological. Toxic emotions. You can't have a toxic emotion and a gratitude emotion at the same time. And they have found that people who exercise gratitude, thanksgiving, thanks living, have less of that and they have a greater psychological health. Have you been around people that you just like, I like being around that person. Have you been around somebody that's like, you see them coming and you hide behind the door? Why? Because every time I talk to that person, they bring me down. They're like, don't bring me down. Stop it. Gratitude. This is scientific stuff. I'm not making this up. And what amazes me is the Bible shows me this and tells me this. Whatsoever is pure, true. That deals with your emotions of good report. Dwell on these things. It improves psychological health. Things like toxic emotions, it reduces that. From envy and resentment and frustration and regret. This guy says that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. I didn't come up with that. But as I found reading the scripture, when I take the focus off of me and I place it on him, it changes my perspective. And all of a sudden, I see his greatness, his goodness, his life that he gave for me. And it changes and I go, I am so thankful and grateful for what you have done for me. And it changes my perspective on myself. And I have found that I can either lay in the pity and self-pity or I can change my perspective and start worshiping and giving him praise. And when I do, it changes my pity. And I don't have the pity party anymore. And I start to worship him and I have a worship party. There are many things we suffer with that we don't need to suffer with if we apply the Word of God to our life. Are you receiving this this morning? I'm giving you something to be thankful for. And not just that I'm finishing, but thankful that you can take with you. Gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. They found that grateful people are more likely to behave in a pro-social manner, in other words, an engaged manner in society or active in society, even when others behave less kindly to them. Have you ever had somebody deal? I, I I had a guy who honked at me because I didn't turn right away. And I felt like following him. I felt like getting in front of him. And then pushing on the brake. Instead, and I've had this happen. The Holy Spirit, also known as my wife, will say to me, Honey, Maybe they've had a bad day. It's like, oh, don't take away my arrows. I want something to throw at them. Maybe they had a rough morning. And what happened is it changed my attitude, and I started to have empathy for the person who's honking their horn at me. And then... I found out sometimes they weren't honking at me. (laughs) But it was a whole different lane. Have you ever... Sometimes we, we extend so much energy into our grief and our aggression and our anger and we find out, oh, he was going the other way. Oh, it was that guy. 
I've actually hit my horn by accident at times. Maybe they hit it by accident. Somebody with an attitude of gratitude they have found will have greater method or greater likelihood to express empathy for someone else. So don't honk the horn when you leave the church today. (laughs) With respect to that, they found that the participants who hired ranked higher on the gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate against others. I, I don't know. I'd like to puncture a tire every once in a while. But when I have gratitude, I'll bring the pump and I'll pump it up instead. Grateful people. This is number five. They found grateful people sleep better. Huh. That's interesting. And they have actually said what you should do is take 15 minutes before you go to bed and write down what you're grateful for and you'll sleep better because what you do is you rewire what you're thinking about and you actually change your sleep. Thank you, Jarda. I don't know if you realized it, but you said that out loud. (laughs) But if you take 10 to 15 minutes and you write down things that you're grateful for before you go to bed, they say that it will change what you think about and it causes you to sleep better. Sometimes our sleep problem is our thought problem. Spending just 15 minutes jotting down a few grateful sentiments before bread, bed, and you may, yeah, it affects your eating too. You may sleep better and longer. Gratitude improves self-esteem. I found this. When I'm feeling grateful, I don't care if the guy's honking at me. But when it's all about me, I don't step on the gas as quickly. Can I be honest? When Ona says, come on, no, just keep driving. No, I'm going to prove this guy a point. It improves self-esteem. They have shown that Studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. When you become grateful, you don't start nitpicking what everybody else has and comparing yourself with the Joneses, but what you do is you start looking at what Jesus did. Comparison is a robber, it's cruel. And it is not founded on any logical thing at all. People get started comparing things and they don't know the story behind what happened. They don't know what that individual did. They don't know what he worked for. They don't know what he endured. They don't know how many hours he put in. All they see is what they have. And they compare themselves with that. And they have found that when you have gratefulness evident in your life, it lowers the comparisons. I'm preaching science this morning. (laughs) Grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. When was the last time you complimented somebody and they got what you wanted? I want the raise. But I complimented the guy who got the raise. Because you know what? He did good. I did good too, but he did good. It's getting quiet. Gratitude, number seven, increases mental strength. They've they've seen that gratitude not only reduces stress, but it also plays a major role in overcoming trauma. Some of you here have experienced trauma. 
I would think many of us have. And I have found some of the traumatic experiences in my life, if I'm not careful, I stay there. And I build my life around my disappointments, my hurt, my sadness, my condition, my pity. And if I do that, I have a tendency to stay there. But when you exercise the gratitude effect, and even, even though you're going through something stressful, if you're able to look at it and see the goodness out of it, and you start talking with gratefulness, you pull yourself out of that situation and you start to see an increase and a strength and a gathering and, a, and you start to move forward. Don't stay in the hurt of the past. Don't stay in the trauma of the past. And I'm not belittling it. There are, this world that we live in, there are some horrific things that sin has done and lived in people's lives. I'm not trying to be silly about that. But what happens is if we stay there, the injustice of what's happened, and you might even be justified in saying that, but if you stay like that and you don't exercise gratitude, the effect of gratitude is that you will take your mind and your thoughts from that and you will move forward out of that. Give thanks. One of the greatest examples is the person of David in the Bible. And you read the Psalms, and he's expressing his heart and the pain that he's gone through. And the anger, and, and the Psalms, I mean, man, if that was on Facebook today, it was like, who is this guy dumping all his laundry out here? I mean, it's, it's real, it's raw, and it's, it's like, people are chasing me, God. These don't care about me. I'm hiding in caves. I'm, but you are my shield. But you are my support. But you are my strength. But you are the one I call on. Having an attitude of gratitude will help you overcome stress. And how do you develop that? Go back to Philippians 4. Whatever's true. Whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is good report, whatever is of excellence and praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Your mind will take you there. So today we celebrate Thanksgiving. And I'm thankful. But I would encourage you to don't just celebrate today. But work on an attitude of gratitude. Work on thanks living. And get the gratitude effect happening in your life. Amen? Won't you stand with me? I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or anything. I'm just going to ask you to receive. I, I want to ask God. One of my heart cries, and I know Pastor Sean, Pastor Ariana, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Brenda, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Louise. I know in talking with them, spending time with them, our hearts cry is to see you do well. I don't want to see you struggling. So this morning as, as I'm praying, and I'm praying as a pastor, but I know the other pastors in our pastoral team would echo this. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you healed. I want to see you delivered. I want to see you saved. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you grow. So as I pray, I just want to release that on you. Do you receive that? And if you want to receive it, I would suggest a real simple act. 
is just to open yourself up. And how you can do that is by opening your body up, body language, and just opening it and just, just holding your hands out as if somebody's going to pour something into you. Is that a great spiritual significance? Actually, I think there is. I think there is. Because an act of thanksgiving is opening up what's in my hand, letting it go. So I'm going to just let the music play for about 15, 20 seconds. And then I'll pray. Hallelujah. Why don't we just take a moment and just thank God. Just thank Him. Thank Him for strength. Thank Him that you have a job. Thank Him that He saved you. Thank Him that He is your healer. Thank Him that he gave his life for you. Thank him for wisdom. Thank him that he gives you the ability to make good decisions. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Lord, I ask for everyone here today, God, Lord, that, that we would take an introspection of our life and we would look at our life and we would be honest with ourselves and say, yes, I'm doing well, or no, I need improvement. And that we would look at it with the aspect of an attitude of gratitude, of thanksgiving, of recognizing the awesomeness and the profound nature of what you have done for us. And we would take the focus off of me and I would place it on you. And that I would not just do this Sunday morning, but Lord, I'd do it tonight. When I go to bed, that I would take five 10, 15 minutes, and I would just thank you for what you have done for me, for my wife, for my children, for my grandchildren, for my job, for the house and the roof over my head. Lord, for the vehicles that you've blessed me with. Lord, with the glass, the grass, oh Lord, with the beautiful sunshine. Lord, that I was able to eat a meal today. Lord, I thank you for your goodness, and may we be people of thankfulness and gratitude, and will the effect of that, Lord, cause our lives to see a change that we would not even expect. In your precious name, I'm going to give you one last instruction. Please bless somebody as you leave today. Take your hand, reach out, look them in the eye, and say, may God bless you today. Amen? God bless you. Have a great week.